going to look in your Bibles to the book of Galatians, to chapter 2. The book of Galatians, in chapter 2, I'll be reading only one verse, verse 20. Galatians chapter 2 and verse 20. The Apostle Paul did write, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. The life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. Many times in reading and studying the Scripture, I'm just amazed at how much can be said in just a few words. The Holy Spirit is excellent in getting things very concise in the Word of God at times. So it is here in this verse. Uh, think about those words that we all know that Jesus did speak as he was dying. He said, it is finished. Three words in our Bible, but how much is there? In the original language, it's only one word. But how much is in that one word? It is finished. Here in verse 20 of our text in Galatians, there's more here than I can uh, cover adequately. I will touch on all of it, the Lord willing. But there's just much said in this uh, one verse of Scripture. The title of our message is Salvation is Personal. Salvation is Personal. I want to read this again in verse 20. hope you'll read along with me. And as we read, notice the personal pronoun. Eight of them in this one verse of Scripture. Paul said, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. The life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. Paul made this matter very personal. I hope everyone here can consider this as something that is very personal unto you. Personal salvation. When God begins a, a work of salvation, it is always with an individual. Individual, personal salvation by the work of God the working of the Holy Spirit in that individual that individual is caused to to know and acknowledge their own personal sinfulness one of the first works of the Spirit of God and gives life to an individual and they immediately are aware of their own personal sinfulness. Then they realize their own personal need of a personal Savior and personal salvation. It is something that is 
very personal. There are many that know the words of salvation, know the words of the Savior, and many of the phrases that you find in the Bible, but they do not know personal salvation. You've never been made aware of your personal sin and personal need of a Savior. You are yet in your sins. You're not saved. You have to know the need of a personal Savior. Know, as Paul did right here in verse 20, concerning Jesus Christ, the Son of God, he said, who loved me and gave himself for me. Very personal. He did not just say God loves a lot of people and died for a lot of people. It's personal. He loved me and did give himself for me. Again, I'll say that you know nothing at all about salvation till you know your own depravity and personal sin. You may know about sin. You may know that sin is in the world. You may know that sin is a bad thing and it's against God. But if you're not aware of your sin that will cause your condemnation and your need of a Savior, then again, you are not saved. You're still yet in your sin. Paul makes this personal in verse 20, and I hope we can look at this today. But the Bible makes things very clear if you systematically read it and study it. There is taught in the Scripture a personal election, a personal calling, a personal regeneration, a personal justification, a personal salvation, personal faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Again, I'll say I'm just convinced that many know about the matter of faith. They know the words of Jesus, you must be born again, but have never experienced it. They know about it. They know others have it. They know others have experienced these things, but it's just not personal with them. Our prayer ought to be that everyone in this building today would know Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. Can say with the Apostle Paul, He loved me and He gave Himself for me. I'm going to go over some things in this verse and I hope we can all uh, relate to it in some way or another, have it personal in our lives. Notice the first two words of verse 20. He said, I am. I am. He's not speaking about what others are, are experiencing. He said, I am crucified with Christ. If you're saved, whether you know it or not, you can make that statement and make it honestly. I am crucified with Christ. The crucifixion of Jesus Christ was just not some abstract 
thought or theory with the Apostle Paul. It was personal to him. And he said, I am crucified with Christ. I just, I'm going to ask several questions, I suppose, throughout this message. Can you say that the crucifixion of Jesus Christ is personal to you? Does it mean anything to you personally? What is your participation in the crucifixion of Jesus Christ? The crucifixion of Jesus Christ is personal to me. And it's personal to you if you are, are truly saved. I am crucified with Christ. But what does that mean? What does it mean? What was Paul's uh, purpose in writing this? I am crucified with Christ. Well, I'll say first of all, it means that when Jesus Christ was crucified, when he suffered and, and died, he did that as my representative. He was representing me. And me, I could say, I am crucified with Christ. There is a sense in which Jesus Christ did not die a private death. He died representing his people, representing all of those whom the Father had given him even before this world began. And surely as Adam represented us in Eden, Jesus represented us at Calvary. Let me mention this. With Adam, our first representative, and with Jesus Christ, our final and last representative, there is death associated with both. In Adam, all die. We died spiritually in Adam. He is our first representative, called the federal head but also in our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, the federal head of God's elect, there is death associated there also. In Adam we died, but yet, Paul said, I am crucified with Christ. You're saved, you can say that, you ought to say it. You died in Adam and you were crucified with Christ. What a picture we have here. Jesus represented his people in his life, in his death, in his burial, in his resurrection, in his ascension back into heaven, representing us even right now at the right hand of God the Father. His people, true believers in Jesus Christ, are so closely associated with him, we can say, as Paul did, I am crucified with Christ. You cannot separate me from Christ. You cannot separate those that are in Christ 
from Christ. He died for his people. I am crucified with Christ. Have you ever just considered that? I am crucified with Christ. But the matter goes even beyond that. You turn to the next book in your Bible, Ephesians chapter 2. And here I'm going to, to read verse 4 through verse 6. Notice how closely we are associated with Christ. I'm crucified with Christ, but there's much more. Ephesians 2 and in verse 4. But God, who is rich in mercy, for his great love wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ. By grace ye are saved, and hath raised us up together, and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Notice your position in Christ. Crucified with Christ. But also we are told here that we were raised up together with him and made to sit together in heavenly places in Christ. We were in Christ when he died. We were in Christ when he was buried. We were in Christ when he was quickened in that grave. And we were in Christ when he rose. In Christ when he ascended. In Christ when he sat down in heavenly places. In Christ. What blessings and privilege there is to be in Christ. Again, I am crucified with Christ, but it's always with God much more. We never get to the limit of God's grace and blessings upon His people. There's always more. There's always more. Crucified with Christ, quickened together with Christ, raised up together with Christ, sit together with Christ in heavenly places, Again, when you look back to Galatians chapter 2 and in verse 20, how personal this is, and I hope it's personal with each one of us. I am crucified with Christ. Let me mention this. If you look in chapter 6 of Galatians to verse 14, you'll find there that the Apostle Paul mentions three crucifixions. Three crucifixions. Galatians 6 and in verse 14. But God forbid that I should glory, save in the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's the first crucifixion. By whom the world is crucified unto me. The world is put to death, the true believers. That's the second crucifixion. And then the, world, the, the, the third, and I under the world. 
We are separated from the world. We are put to death by the world. The world looks upon true believers who actually and really live their faith. You are crucified to the world. The world is separate from you. The world really wants no part of a true believer. The world is crucified unto me. The world holds no attraction to a true believer. And the true believer has no, is held in no attraction by the world. Paul said in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and in verse 31, he said, I die daily. I die daily. Die to the world, die to self, die to things that might hinder my worship and service of the Lord. I die daily. I am crucified with Christ. Notice our text in Galatians chapter 2 and in verse 20. He said, I am crucified with Christ. But he said, nevertheless, I live. I'm put to death with Christ. I died with Christ, but yet, nevertheless, I live. But then he adds this, Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. Can you honestly say that? Christ liveth in me. Christ liveth in me. He lives in true believers by his spirit. We are indwelt by the spirit of Christ. But I want you to notice here, this is the new creation. This is the newness of life. Paul said, I'm crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live. But then he said, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. The new creation. Having Christ live in us. Jesus Christ is the source and he is the very substance of our lives. The strength of the Christian's life is Jesus Christ. Not only our strength, He is our head, He is our ruler, He is our master and our Lord. Christ liveth in me. I hope everyone here can say that and say it truthfully. Hope everyone here is really aware of that. The life that I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God. The life that I now live, I live by the faith of the Son of God. That phrase, the faith of the Son of God, can be understood two ways. I live by the very faithfulness of Jesus Christ, my Lord. He never fails. He's always with us and helps us. 
I live by the faithfulness of Christ. I also live by faith in Christ. Faith in Christ. The life that I now live in the flesh. Consider who the writer here is. And think of the drastic change in his life. And then notice the word now. In our reading in Galatians 2 and in verse 20. He said the life which I now live. The life which the apostle Paul did live. Was far different from his previous life as Saul of Tarsus. There's a change. There's a change. What a difference it makes when Christ lives in us. When we have faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. When an individual can truly say, I am a participant in the crucifixion of Christ. I am crucified with Him. But yet I live. But yet it's not me, it's Christ that liveth in me. The life which I now live. Has your life ever changed? If not, you're yet in your sins. You've never been born again. There's going to be a change in those who have truly experienced salvation. The not life which I now live is the life that you now live any different than when maybe you made a profession of faith. Maybe is it different than when you joined a church? Is it different? Has there been any change? Has there been any change? Everyone ought to examine themselves. Has there been any change? When I look at Galatians in chapter 2 and in verse 20, and he says, Christ liveth in me. This is a great mystery. This is a great mystery. Man by nature is a trichotomy, three parts, body, soul, and spirit. There's another way to look at man, and this is the renewed man, the saved individual. There is a dichotomy. Paul said, I live. But he also said, Christ liveth in me. That's two parts. I live. Christ liveth in me. Has not always been the case. Is it true in your life? And again, the Bible said we ought to examine ourselves whether we're in the faith. Is it true in your life? 
that your present life, your now life, has Christ in it. Not just on Sunday does it have Christ in it. It's Christ in your life. It's something that people ought to take very personal. Does Christ live in me? No one can answer that question for you, but you have to answer it for yourself. Does Christ live in me? Is there evidence that I was crucified with Christ? Is there any proof in your life that you were crucified with Christ? Again, this is very personal in Galatians in chapter 2 and in verse 20. I'll mention again, those personal pronouns are important. Paul said, this is for me. He could not speak for anyone else. He said, it's me. I am crucified with Christ. Christ liveth in me. Notice the latter part of the verse. I live, the life I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I'm thankful that the number that will be saved is a number greater than any man can number. I'm thankful that the Bible tells us it's greater than the stars of heaven or the sand on the seashore. I'm thankful for the multitude that will be in heaven. But I'm thankful it's me also. It's me also. It's personal with us. The life that we have is Jesus Christ. He loved me and gave himself for me. You ought to think about that. As Jesus made his way to Golgotha and he made his way there all the way from heaven down to this earth, walked among men. He was despised, he was hated, he was ridiculed, he was humiliated, but he never stopped going to Calvary. Can you say he did it for me? Nailed to the tree, Suffering not only the wrath of man, but the wrath of God for me. Paul said he loved me, and he gave himself for me. Even if there was no one else, Paul said, I know he did it for me. If I were the only one, I'm convinced Jesus would come and do it for me. 
I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, and I love that nevertheless. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. Take it personally. Take it personally. Personally, in order to be saved, an individual must personally believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. It does not matter how many more believe. You'll go to hell if you don't believe. 